0: Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast.
1: Here to introduce you to the great musicians and music businesses and organizations of Wisconsin. Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. This week we have Michael Rosa from the group The Now. And he's going to talk about his musical origin stories, how they're a pretty much a self-booked band. and They get about almost like 95% of booking their own sales. They have a new singer into the group about after 10 years. So with all that information and more to come, Michael, welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Thanks for having me. So like I said... In the little intro there, why don't you kind of give the listeners your music origin story? How did you get started in music and kind of what led you to where you are today?
0: Oh uh, Well, the way I got started in music was playing drums in filling in for a cover band called the Nashville Rejects, which was an all-country band years and years and years ago. But that's where I got started, playing drums with them, filling in once in a while on stage. And then it turned into me kind of picking up the guitar and learning how to sing and Spent my time doing some original material back in the 90s, but then also transitioned into the cover band scene at the early 90s, 93, 94, around that area, and pretty much took off from there. And I've been playing in the now for 18 years, and the band's been around for about 19 years. So I joined about a year after uh, the band was already in existence. And I'm still here today, 18 years later, I uh, managed the band, uh, booked the band, And I'm also the guitar player. That's great info.
1: And so since you are basically kind of in charge of of the group, kind of give the listeners an idea of what it's like running the band from your position.
0: Sure. I mean, it's obviously, it's it's a lot of, you know, being in the cover band. In this market, cover bands are pretty much king. They've been... Pretty much king for many many years, <laughs> right? Uh, and, and there's a reason for that. It's just it's just what sells in this market. But yep. being in a cover band for as long as I have, and 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 handling the the managerial duties and the, being the band leader, it, it it takes a lot of time. There's a lot of time that goes into it uh, when you're not on stage, and when you're not at the show. There's a lot of time that goes into preparing the band, booking the band, making all the contacts, doing all the contracting, calling to uh, secure shows set up shows organize the shows and then of course organizing rehearsals and putting that all together so as the band leader and manager that's all under one hat (laughs) so to speak (laughs) so you do tend to work a lot of off hours that you put into it that people don't see there's a lot of stuff that people don't see and even with the cover band like a lot of people think well you know It's a cover band so maybe it's 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 just as time consuming and just as it you have to put as much effort and passion into being in the cover band as you would with an original band people don't really see that part of it but especially with our band we we really try to get the material very close to the original artist because we all have a very big passion for the material and so we want to make sure that the material comes across as good as we possibly can in order to show reverence to the material because we we really have a lot of respect and admiration for the artists that we cover so we do spend a lot of time in rehearsals and and spend a lot of time as a cover band to try to get things as right as we can just like an original act would we we take that much pride and passion in what we do
1: yeah and you know the difference between you know at least to some people i've talked to and i i kind of feel the same way it's like a original band is really a cover band of themselves. You know, if they record something, they kind of have to put together their live show and their music as close to the recording. I mean, they can, you know, change it a little bit here and there. But same thing with you guys. Everybody knows those songs. If if something completely, you know,
0: something's wrong with, with the way you're playing that song, people are going to notice that. For sure. Uh, you will find that a lot of the people in the audience, they know the songs better than you. And if you mess up a lyric or... If you play something that just doesn't sound exactly right, you'll have people that will come up to you, especially if, if that's their favorite song. Mm-hmm. If that's, you that's know, their favorite song, they know that song inside and out. And the last thing people want to see is, you'll see with original artists is, I think you, you nailed it, is that once they record the song, they then have to go out there and perform that song just like the record or as much as they can. And a lot of artists fall in the trap of the They put an enormous amount of production on the recording and then they go out to do it live and you realize, well, we can't really recreate the actual sound that we have on the record because we did a lot of multi-tracking and had a lot of different instruments that were involved in the recording. And now we have to go out and try to recreate that. So they end up doing a lot. What we do is we try to find a way to make the song sound as close as possible with the tools that we have live on stage. And that's exactly what an original band would be doing as well. Exactly. And then
1: as a cover band, do you guys do recordings? Or are you guys
0: not a part of that with your group? With us, we've never recorded any material and and, and made it available to the public. What we do, though, and I think this is a strength of why we've been successful for as long as we have, is we record our shows from the from the front of house mixing board and all the band members we all listen to those recordings and then we we are basically critiquing and and working on a constant improvement how to make these songs better if we're if we're not singing in 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 key together in one part or bass player bass line guitar lines not really together on a certain part we hear that in the recordings and then when we get into the rehearsal room later that week everyone kind of comes to the rehearsal room with a list of notes of things that they heard in the recording from the live recording and hey oh i heard this part you know let's go over this part that sounded a little wonky so let's you know let's try to tighten that up so we don't record songs to put out to the public but we record almost every live show and we listen back to almost every live show and 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 self-evaluate where we're at as as even as a cover band yeah even as a cover band
1: that's that's great I think i think everybody should do that they should reflect upon a past performance and say well, what do we do good what do we need to work on and you know that's how you get better you can't just you can't rely on your memory all the time because you have a different perspective than what the audience has. And if you don't hear that other perspective, you're not sure if what you're doing is
0: what you really thought you were doing up on stage. 100%. 100%. Because when you're in the moment, you're usually performing and you're not, you know, you're, you're in this moment that is a completely different type of environment than when you sit down and listen to the recording because so many times myself or other band members would would say oh you know i heard something recording it and i didn't even know i was doing that (laughs) right and come to find out you know oh you're oh you're playing a c there okay yeah well let me do that run exactly the way you're doing it i didn't really know that we weren't doing exactly the same notes in this little run until i heard it in the recording right right it becomes a, a a valuable tool, and I I think every cover band, original band, every musician out there should constantly record themselves, video and audio, because that yeah. is the only way you are going to really get better. Because I tell you, the tape don't doesn't lie. No, <laughs> no it does not. <laughs> it, and it's not to say that you know any of us are perfect by any means. You know you're going to have mistakes in the show because we're all human and stuff but like i always say is if you're if you make a mistake and it happens once in a while that's one thing if you're making the same mistake every time you play the sh- the song that's no longer a mistake that's a willful decision to not get it right <laughs> right exactly
1: exactly now like you said you've been in this group for almost 20 years so you're talking early 2000s so digital was recordings were just starting out around that time so were you guys Doing like, you know, like a tape deck or how were you starting when you first started out? How did you record your shows?
0: Well, digital boards have kind of been around for quite a long time, actually been around for a, a quite a long time. And so we've always we started the recording live recording of, of our board mix. We started that after the digital recording was available to us. Okay. So it's basically a, 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 you know, a USB thumb drive goes in the board. And takes the recording and then we just dump it out to an mp3 and email it out to everybody
1: nice nice yeah and that's that's definitely like you said it's a great tool to double check everything and make sure you're you're doing it right now another thing is what is the the local scene like for you guys you know, what what are the positives and what are some of the struggles you've
0: kind of seen over the last two decades excellent question because this is this is could not be a more timely question too the scene, and, I, and I've and i been with this band almost 20 years, and I've been playing the cover bands for well over 30. And what I've seen recently is there's there's an enormous amount of saturation in the cover band scene. Not only do you have a saturation of bands, so there's so many bands out there, duos, trios, single guys, four-piece, five-piece, all these full bands, but there's also an oversaturation of venues so years ago if you were playing in the summer which is our our heaviest season the outdoor festival season if you played a third weekend on in june you might have had one or two festivals that had live music for live music lovers to go see right now on that third weekend of june you have those two main festivals but you also have Everybody and their brother who owns a bar and can build a patio with some plywood is going to have a duo or a trio or even a small band, a smaller, you know, four piece band with a smaller setup. And so now you're in this competition of not only there's so many bands out there, but there's also so many venues out there. So if you're the band who's playing one of those festivals on that third weekend in June, Whereas in the past, you were pretty much guaranteed to have a pretty large crowd at your festival. Now you're spreading the draw out amongst that festival and seven different bars. So if you're playing in Waukesha at a festival, well, I can tell you right now, there's six or seven bars in Waukesha that have live music. And some people don't like to be in big crowds. So they're going to choose that smaller venue. Environments because they don't like the big crowds. Right, right. So, so you so find yourself having to work even harder now. Like a band like us, even though we've been around 18 years, there's no letting up on the gas pedal for us. You know, we're not a band that's gonna sit around and and or even has the ability to sit around and just rest on the fact that we've been around 18 years. I mean, we still got a pound of pavement, we still have to go out there and, and be hungry and, and try to get every show that we possibly can because. There's five other bands that just started. They'll willfully take that spot from you at much less money.
1: (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah, and then, and, you know, from from different perspectives, some people are going to say they like that spread out where they can go and see different bands on a weekend. Maybe they'll go to two different or three different bars and see a couple different bands. So in in a way, that's a positive because you're trying to grow the music scene in Wisconsin. But then, like you said, there are bands out there that are They'll willfully take your spot, you know, in a heartbeat because there's so many of them out there. It's getting, like you said,
0: saturated. Yeah. It's great for the consumer. Yeah. It could, it could not be a better time for the live music consumer right now in this market, because there's so much good talent out there. You know, down to a single solo guy who's just amazing to a two piece, three piece, full band, large production bands. Like we put on and our peers put on so if you're a live music consumer this is the time of your life right now because it's just so much going on and <laughs> you know exactly and, and six, five, six days a week there's venues that have live music five days a week yep you know
1: yeah I mean, So i mean
0: those so- are all positives for the consumer yes um challenges for the for the artist but at the same time I, I think it's bringing more live music fans out to these events. Yes. But it is it is spreading the the audience out amongst, you know, the days are over when you play, like I say, you play a festival and, and you just know it's going to be packed. Mm-hmm. Those days are over. It, it It's going to be, it'll be a good show if you're a quality act, yep. but it, it ain't going to be insane like it used to be.
1: Right, right. So you've been doing this for, like you said, almost, you know, two decades, what trying to think of the best way to say this is as a okay. Now I know what I was gonna say. What is a consumer or a, an audience member gonna experience when they come and see your show? So let me let me say that again. What is what is the audience gonna expect when they go see the now at a at a show?
0: The number one thing that I think that we have going for us and, and this may seem trivial. To some but it's two parts of, of of this coin the one part of it is that everybody in the band has a deep passion and reverence for the material we're not up there i see a lot of bands go up there and you can just tell they can't stand the material they're playing because oh. they look like they want to be anywhere but being on that stage playing that song our band's not like that we we choose material That not only fits our 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 market genre on where what we're trying to perform in front of people, but we also choose material that we really really enjoy playing. So I think when people come to see us, I've had people come up and actually say to us, "We can really tell that you really really believe in this material," and and so that comes off, and you can't fake that to an audience. Like you either really like the material or you don't. And I think when when you have that showing to the audience. That's an important part because they feel that way about the song. So, this could be a song that hit them really hard in high school, got them through a tough time, got them through something really dark in their life. And this song just really speaks to them. And so, when they see you feeling that the way they feel that, now you have this connection between the people in the audience and the people on the stage. And that's the second side of the coin that I speak about with us is we're very approachable. We spend time talking with people and hanging out with people and we're very approachable. So we spend a lot of time trying to make a connection with people and getting to know the people that come to see us on a regular basis, because we want to have that type of relationship where it's not just you're on the stage, we're down here. And it's two separate people. like. We want them to feel like we really, really, really have this this familial connection with them. That's now, I wonderful. I think that people get that from our show. Good, good. That's it's because why.
1: That's what people want to do when they go out and see a band. They want to feel connected to however the song or the people on stage or a mixture of both. If they don't get that, then they're not going to enjoy their time being where you're performing.
0: Absolutely, and and i I've, I've, I've seen bands that you know, take their break and, oh, you you don't see him on the break. You don't see him after the show. You don't see him before the show. And I just, I never, nobody in our band has ever felt that way. Everyone has a a deep love for the people that come see us. Because at the end of the day, getting back to my earlier point, there's a million other places any of these people in the audience could be, but they're choosing to come to see you. And if you don't appreciate that, and if you don't respect that, and let them know that you appreciate that. They have plenty of other places to go. Absolutely, absolutely. And for
1: new fans or or new possible fans coming to see you, what kind of music do the, are you guys kind of putting out there out there for them?
0: Well, currently, well, we've always been a, an '80s rock, classic rock band. We've been that way for 18 years. This year, when we picked up our new lead vocalist Jeanette. It, it allowed us, we started doing country about a year, about a year or two ago. We threw, sprinkled in a little bit of country, still doing the base of our materials class is, is eighties rock. And then we sprinkled in a little bit of country. Now we're sprinkling in a little bit of nineties, you know, stuff like no doubt and pink and stuff like that. So we're throwing in a little bit of top 40 stuff now with Jeanette at the lead vocal position. And so it's, 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 it's really allowed us to expand our material more than we ever had before, before we were strictly eighties material, gotcha, and so eighties had a lot of different
1: subgenres in rock. Where do you guys kind of fall in like what kind of bands would you say
0: you cover for us it's you know it's basically journey, you know a little bit of poison you know stuff in that nature that's that's where we've always been Def Leppard and and things like Bon Jovi stuff like that's where that's where we've always been okay for, for for many many years so we're pretty much into that but with Jeanette coming in we're able to do some Blondie you know we're able to do some other things in still in the 80s genre that is uh you know Pat Benatar you know stuff like that Joan Jett we do stuff like that. So, we're able to kind of spread it out amongst that 80s, but it's all that 80s rock and roll material. You know, it's, it's all up tempo material. Uh, we don't do a lot of uh, slow material songs. We try to keep everything, you know, high energy. Gotcha.
1: Cool. Yeah. That sounds like a great time. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are from that generation that want to go and hear that stuff, especially when some of those bands aren't around anymore performing. So, they, you know, they get that second dose from you guys. And another thing is that. For me, as a high school band director, I see these young kids They're to them. These are like the oldies to them. And it's like they're kind of like into this stuff because today's music for them might not be what they're looking for. But the stuff that they're, you know, uncles or, you know, grandparents or even, you know, older if they have older parents. That's the kind of stuff that they were listening to when they were younger. Now they get to go out there and kind of dabble in that when they start getting to that age where they can start going and seeing live music.
0: Absolutely. Obviously our material bodes well for the, you know, 35 plus right age, but I cannot tell you when, when summertime comes and we're able to play places that are open to all ages, mm-hmm. the first three, four rows, there is a lot of teenagers and young adults in that, in an audience. We just had, we just did a couple a show couple of weeks ago and there was this group of four young males probably 18 ish okay and they were just rocking out in the front row they ended up coming to the next two or three shows
1: wonderful you know that's excellent
0: so it does span the audience because all of the material we play to it are very big hits. So we're not playing like the deep cut from Guns N' Roses. We're playing Sweet Child of Mine. We're not playing the deep cut from Your Journey. We're playing Don't Stop Believing, Stone and Love, and things like that. So right, right. these are things that they've heard before, like you said, from their parents. Mm-hmm. And Guitar Hero was a big bridge Yeah, that bridged the younger generation to a lot of this material. Twisted Sister, Motley Crue, all that stuff. Guitar Hero was a big bridge for that
1: absolutely absolutely now i know you guys we talked about recording you know your shows and like that so that's you know we, we're we kind of past that but when trying to look at my questions here because i want a specific question here for you when you're building these songs to play out live like you grab some new ones or whatever do you really like study the the recordings you know like you know where that guitar part came in and the, that little guitar part that this only comes in once. I mean, are you really trying to get every little aspect or are you more like grabbing the main things and then trying to do, like you said earlier, just get the best performance you can with what you have.
0: We are a band that tries to get it as close to the record as absolutely possible. So we are going to dissect every little tiny, little minute detail of the material. And we do that for two reasons. One we, it, it goes back to having a respect for the person who recorded the song i would never embellish Slash's solo in sweet child of mine because to me that would be not showing the respect of how beautiful that solo is and how right. perfect in every way that solo is mm-hmm. so if i was to add my own little thing for me personally and other guys can go out there and, and play it differently but for me and for the band I've always ran the band that I want to get this to show respect to the artists and they've done all the hard work for you they went in the studio and figured out what notes worked right what drum beat you know worked right and what vocal and what harmonies worked right so they've done all that hard work and they came up with the magic on their own so who are we <laughs> who are who are we to say oh well no we should be doing it this way and we should do it this way and I should play the drums this way and I just want to, you know, play drum fills everywhere. And it's like, you know, Ringo Starr, you know, he played the beat a certain way. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, they don't think you need to be doing double kick drum fills in there. right? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's <laughs> like, it's just, it's the beauty of what they recorded. So, so that's what we do. We go in, we, we pick the songs and then we everyone learns their parts. They just, dis- we dissect it. Everyone comes in a rehearsal room. We run through it. And, most times we run through it two or three times and it's it's ready to go because everyone really in this band they they do their homework so we don't spend a lot of wasted time in the rehearsal room everyone right. is responsible to do their homework on their own show up on rehearsal and let's just run through it a few times and tighten up a few bolts exactly exactly do you
1: also record your 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 rehearsals as well
0: no we have we have never done that but we you know we've been known to run you know run over a song though 12 times <laughs> <laughs> well you got to do what you got to do right right and and it's you know going back to a point you made earlier about the live performance you can play it as perfect as you want in the rehearsal room that that will never translate to live no because a, a live performance is worth four or five rehearsals because you, you're just standing there you're focusing you're not looking at you know something. <laughs> grabbing your attention in the front row. So you're not distracted in rehearsal. So it's very easy to play the songs very well in rehearsal. Once you get in the live stage, though, you know, that's sometimes where you hear things that you didn't really hear as well. Right. Especially with the recording, because you can listen in rehearsal all you want, but in re- in the recording, you can sit down and just listen and not play. You're not playing along. And that's where things really stick out to you. Exactly. Cool. Being.
1: What was a gig that made like the biggest impression on you? You could be either as
0: a performer or as an audience member, or you could talk about both. I'll give you two examples. People ask me a lot if I ever get nervous before shows, and I don't. Just I've been playing for so long. But the last time I was nervous was I was early on in this band. I think it was my first year playing with them, and we opened for Lover Boy in Oshkosh. Okay, and I was backstage meeting the band members and. That wasn't very nerve wracking for me, but as soon as I stepped out on the stage, do the opening slot and looked out and saw it was about 4,000 people there. And that's when it really hit me pretty hard (laughs) that this is this is something pretty huge. And then, yeah, uh, yeah, fumbled my way through the first couple of songs until I get my sea legs underneath me. (laughs) Right, right, right. Cool. Uh, The other one I would probably mention is, like I said, being everybody in this band is a fan of music. So when we see people in the front row getting emotional and whooping it up and getting super excited, we know what that's like because we're the same way. We we go to see live music and, and we talk about other bands and other songs. Oh, listen to this one part. This, Oh, listen, how beautiful this one little part is here. We do stuff like that too. And years ago I was, uh, I was at a venue in Madison and John Mayer was playing. It was on Valentine's day. I forget what venue it was, but it was Valentine Valentine's Day show. Okay, and I was going through some stuff in my life at that time, and I was sitting in the audience, and he was he was going through Gravity, and I've never seen him play Gravity, and I watched a lot of live videos on YouTube. I've never seen him play it like he played it this night, and I was standing there just bawling away, just bawling, wow. just bawling for I did what he was doing on stage and the passion he was doing and the stuff I had going on in my life. That song was just speaking to me at that time. And I I'll never forget that day. Wonderful.
1: Yeah. I think we've all had that experience where you're just in a certain mindset and a certain song just hits you a certain way. And it just like it just makes a mark on your on your memory.
0: Right. And that's why a lot of people have their favorite songs. Yep. Because, you know, I remember graduating high school and this song was popular. And still today, I just heard I was listening to a, an older Bon Jovi record and when the songs came on, immediately, all kinds of images and memories popped into my head just from yep. hearing the music from those songs. And so I think you have to be respectful of that in the audience rather than just getting up there and saying, well, we're just going to throw these songs out to you and we're just going to have fun. We're going to collect our big check and we're going to go home and everyone's going to be happy. For us, it's, it's, it's really about the passion of the material. It really is.
1: Yeah it it has to be cuz you know what what we do it for the music or at least you, we hope that people mostly do it for just the music
0: you do and i mean we've had we've had venues that we've played in the past where the money wasn't there but it's always a great crowd and you love those shows yep. uh, and then we've had places where the money wasn't there and there was really not a great crowd <laughs> and it's like yeah it's a gig or the money is there and it's not a great crowd. And it's like, I don't really know if I want to, I'm not really doing this for the money. Like I, I'm doing this to have a connection with people. I want right. to have a connection with an audience. And if there's no audience there, it, it's very hard to, to go home feeling like you connected on a, a musical level with someone. I yeah. used to do acoustic shows for a while and I stopped doing them years ago because you're just background music. Uh, me and the original drummer of the band, we did an acoustic show one time and we did the whole show and no one applauded for not one song, the whole show oh, it was. And it would, they would, and then the bar wanted us back. Oh, he's like, everyone loved you. And I'm like, everyone loved us. They never <laughs> applauded at all. They didn't even look at us half the time. He's like, no, everyone said you guys were great. And th- that was a hard thing to do. You know? Yeah. I can imagine. Definitely. Yeah. You need that, that physical, emotional feedback from yes. the audience. Cause when the audience is energetic, that gets you energetic and then you're feeding off their energy. And if you don't have that energy coming back at you, it's very difficult.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: As, as I wrap this up, what is for you, the solution of work life balance with this? (laughs) That is the age old question. (laughs) And yeah, anyone who has a family, that's, that's, that's the tough question. Yeah. We play a lot in the summer. So summer is our busy time, but then fall is, is a little, is a lot less. I think, I think for me, understanding balance is understanding that balance doesn't mean it's always 50-50. Balance means that sometimes it's going to be 70-30 towards the band and sometimes it's going to be 30 towards the band and 70 towards the the family and other activities. But anyone who is a musician who really has a passion for playing live and anyone who loves the person who is a musician who loves playing live, they understand that there is a drive inside of you to do this that is very hard to quantify and it's very hard to explain to another person. And I think you just have to understand that the balance wheels are going to tip back and forth throughout your time doing it. And I think you just have to accept that. Okay. Yep. I agree.
1: Yeah. I mean, and if that person that you're with doesn't understand that, I don't think they're going to be around very long because
0: this doesn't work. It does. And it's tough. It's it's very tough. And relationships are tough. And yeah. with any musician, it's just a lot. Of, it's a lot of time. And, and you're, I mean, think about it. You're, you're giving up, a, a, you're giving up your significant other to something that they love so deeply. And some right. people, some people feel threatened by that, but yep. it takes a strong person to be with someone like that. And there's a lot of strong people out there, yep. but uh, you, you have to find the right, you have the right to have the right strong person, you know? Yep, exactly. Is there anything that we haven't
1: talked on that you wanted to mention before I let you go?
0: Oh uh, Yeah, we just uh, we just got a new uh, lead vocalist in the band in December, Jeanette King. And we decided we wanted to make a change after quite a long time with a previous singer. And we, uh, we made a change and we were not looking to, to audition females at all. We just put it out there for, uh, for auditions and we had a handful of females that came down and we had never had a female lead vocalist in the band. So that was kind of exciting for us. And when she came down, she just absolutely nailed it. And it really opened up a lot of areas for us to go material-wise. And I mean, we already have three other lead, I'm the lead vocalist. A drummer can sing lead vocals. Rudy, the bass player, he can sing lead vocals. So we already have enough male voice, voices in the band. So this just took what we we're already doing and just added something, a, a level to it with having the female involved and just opened up an area of material For us, that we can now cover and just and just reach more people, which is all what it's all about, anyways.
1: Right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's like adding a completely different instrument. It kind of changes the vibe of the whole thing, and in most cases, hopefully, it elevates the group that they're a part of.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think when you, whenever, and we've been through a few member changes over the years. Whenever you have a member change, you it has to be a change forward. It it can never be a change backwards, obviously, right. and, but you really don't want to go sideways either. And yeah. I had a, actually a fan that had come up to me and he said, he said, you know, I've been seeing you for so many years and I've seen you through all the musical changes. He said, I got to tell you, every time you guys made a change, you have made a change in a step in a step forward direction. And he said, and that's that's not can't can't be said for a lot of bands. No,
1: no, that's that's great. That's great. So where can people go and find out where you're playing? What's your website, social media? I'll put it all in the show details, but for them to hear it from you, where, where can they find you?
0: Yeah, it's thenowband.com is the main website. And Facebook, just put in at thenowband. And we have a YouTube page at the now band Milwaukee, And Instagram is the same thing, at thenowband, same as Facebook. Wonderful. Well, Michael, thank you so much for being on the Wisconsin Music Podcast. A pleasure. It was a great conversation, and I'm glad we had this today. Appreciate you having me on. Much love to you, brother.